Joan Hogan welcoming you to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is here ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's a physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings. He's a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. And not to be outdone by himself, he is also affiliated with South Dakota State University, where he conducts medical research. Good morning, Dr. Holm. Good morning, Joan Hogan. And and I have a- yes, before this wonderful, you have a mouthful of food, so I'll explain well, why. Bob it just shared with us something that um, I can't, Kayla brought from Hy-Vee, and Kayla is the dietitian, and they're called Energy, Energy Bites. Bites, and they yeah. are just well, phenomenal. Yes. And Dr. Holm is going to allow us to water it down or wash it down with, with a little hot, hot pepper vinegar. Pretty good. Woo, it's not bad. Not bad. It's a little vinegary, hot stuff. Really hot. Yes, I'm not <laughs> going to be drinking the vinegar right no, now. No, but you, but you, it isn't so hot that you. It's like Tabasco fire. It's the okay. same level as, as Tabasco, Tabasco sauce. Well, you just did this in your spare time. You yeah. and Joni get together and make w- the vinegar. No, no. Well, Joni helped this year. It is. Um, it was from the garden. It's uh, you know ghost peppers, peppers from the garden, habanero right. and ghost peppers, and then a little bit of the red for for prettiness. But it's um, beautiful. And I love that the label says it's Holmes hot pepper vinegar, but around the back is a picture of his son screaming in pain from the heat. <laughs> and then he also has on Bob's bottle a picture of Dr. Holmes screaming in so all just, of the home this family. This is hot. <laughs> Truly hot. We did pepper. pictures from all the kids, so there you go. And the dog. And the, the dog wasn't oh. crying though. All right. Well, you can keep dog for the uh, handed out at the Friday night pause event. Oh. Raising money for um, the Humane Society. That would be nice. Oh, there you Bring go. Bring your hot pepper vinegar and have a picture of the dog with it and Pause auction it off. Pause for a moment to reflect the value of pets. How's that? Ooh, Ooh I like that. Right. Uh, so I, but we're going to talk about uh, anxiety today because of tomorrow. And I, I don't know, mean to upset you, Bob. <laughs> but Bob is just so anxious thinking about anxiety. Okay. <laughs> You know you can care about it, but anxiety is not a humorous topic. People who suffer with anxiety really do suffer. Uh, of course, and uh, I think most of it is really fear. And fear and anxiety are a real deal. If you live long enough, you have experienced anxiety, right? Everybody, everybody. if you live, you will have experienced anxiety. Some of that is, uh, you know, some people... Uh, have hyperventilation with it too, which is another deal we can talk about. Grab the brown paper uh, bag, huh? Mm-hmm. That so would help. we can we can let's talk about that. But we should take that first break. Well, we'll take think? a first break, and when we come back, we will be discussing the topic of anxiety. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you here today. And Dr. Holm on tomorrow night's television program will be dealing with anxiety, and he has two guest physicians. And I'm well, really. I'm 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 worried about the. Are you have an ang- anxiety oh attack about the show. <laughs> oh, no. it's not going to be just right. <laughs> It'll be a great show. I said two doctors, but actually one is a PhD and one's a medical doctor right. that'll be with you, and they both um, are with the Avira Medical Group University Psychiatry Associates. So they both deal with people who are dealing with anxiety, probably on a daily level. Right. And that, yeah, yes. Bob. I have social anxiety disorder. Do you? I, I become incredibly anxious in situations where there are more than a few people. I hyperventilate, really? my heart speeds up, my palms sweat, I get buggy-eyed. and That's a real deal. 
It is a deal, yeah. yeah. So you try to forget that there's more than two people listening to this. Uh, you have, you have well, five thousand people. I don't. There's right just now. two of us here. There's see? Just that's two. the world. That, there's and that's a really, man who. No, this is a perfect job for me because I'm locked up in a little room by myself. But it's true. If I have to go out, and I will, part of my job sometimes involves me to have to go in front of people. It's a misery for me. Public speaking. It's How about just the little kids? You're okay with them? Yeah, you it do is visit because the yeah, because we're in the same wavelength. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you're at the same level yeah, of the right. mentally. You can handle the I kids. Can, yeah, Once you get past fourth or fifth grade, you're in trouble. Though. I always <laughs> tell people it's. I get along okay with kids and dogs. It's grown ups I have a problem with. So mm-hmm. you know, my my thought, the way I handle, for example, the show tomorrow night uh, uh, that we've been doing for 15 years, is that. Uh, this is truly, and and this is what I say to the doctors who are guests because they're all always nervous. Look, you are doing this public service for these people. You do this every day, day in and day out. You educate people. This is a great gift that you're giving people. You know, but don't worry about it. This is a good thing that you're doing, and somehow that alleviates some of the anxiety. You don't need to. Um, you're not doing this to impress anybody. If you're trying to, and you're worried about what they're going to think, forget about it. You're doing something for somebody. It's not about what they think. And they're talking about something that they're extremely knowledgeable about, and that makes a big difference. They really know this topic, and they care about it. They wouldn't be practicing medicine. If your your motives are are correct, then then, uh, it, it works. If your motives are to try to impress somebody, well, okay, you can be nervous then because you're not going to impress anybody. <laughs> you know, you're going to piss off somebody and you're going to irritate other people. And uh, But if you're saying the truth, if you're doing the right thing, I think for the most part you're protected. And that's, uh, you know, all these years I know I've irritated people because I've said things that aren't just right. Uh, and uh, But, you know, I've been trying to do the right thing. And when they go after me, if, they, if I said something that... that uh, uh, you know, I, I really listen as hard as I can, but if it if the science is backing me, then I think I'm I'm okay. You're gonna make the statement, and that's that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I never do anything to try to hurt anybody, and I think that generally uh, protects you. Well, the program g- comes across that way. The people are there to inform and to educate and to help people. And that's the program tomorrow night, dealing with anxiety. So if anyone is dealing with anxiety, um, you, you mentioned that sometimes people get so anxious, they actually hyperventilate. Oh, yeah. So a, a perfect example of, of uh, anxiety is when people hyperventilate. Now, I, I can remember going, uh, driving towards a date and a girl I didn't know very well, and I was really nervous about it. So I'm, I'm driving and I'm yawning. Well, that's weird. Why am I yawning, you know? And I've got butterflies in my stomach, and the more yawning, the more it's what I'm doing is I'm hyperventilating. And I've got butterflies in my stomach, and I'm worried, and I'm anxious. And that's the exact wrong thing to do. Did you turn around and go home? No. Good for you. Yeah. (laughs) Poor girl there waiting. Poor girl. She was uh, a very nice person uh, who has subsequently... I died from cancer of the breast, actually. Oh, it's and too bad. I was sitting next, my wife and I were sitting next to this beautiful young couple at uh, some meeting. I don't even remember what it was. And um, we were talking, and and then she, she, suddenly she, she went, are you Dr. Holm from Brookings? And I said, yes. yes. My mother 
Oh. And that was the very girl that I was, I'm, I'm remembering when I had. My I mother was, dated you. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Beautiful wow. lady. And I thought to myself, gosh, you know, pretty lady, pretty, pretty mo mom. But uh, the long and the short of it uh, is that we can all get anxious and hyperventilation is one of the things. Now, what'll happen if you're hyperventilating is it blows off your CO2, you know, your carbon dioxide goes away. And the result is CO2 is an acid-like material. So it takes out the acid in your body and your blood gets alkaline, which makes people sick. I mean, they feel sick. They feel worse. And so when you start blowing off the, uh, too much uh, uh, carbon uh, dioxide, uh, your alkalinity makes you sick, which makes you think something's bad is happening, and so you breathe faster. And some people will be so uh, breathing so fast, they will have terrible numbness around their mouth and their hands, and they will go into spasticity. It changes things oh, so that extreme. their muscles can't work, and everything becomes spastic uh, and hypersensitive. And um, I, I had a patient many years ago in the emergency room who was just crumpled up into, into a thing of spasticity and hyperventilating. And of course, the common treatment that they do is they give you a bag to rebreathe so that you are getting that carbon dioxide back. And so it brings down your alkalinity down to a normal pH and uh, helps you. But it's weird because, you know, here you are breathing in a bag. What is this? Um, and my answer has been through the years, if you can catch it early enough, you can uh, walk it off. You can actually exercise it off because there's a time when you need to be hyperventilating. And when is that? When you're exercising. Uh, and so many of us who are, are, when we feel like we're getting too anxious, uh, you just go for a fast walk and use up the, make more carbon dioxide uh, because you're exercising and it solves a problem. Great idea. I'll give you a perfect example. So I'm watching the movie with Denzel Washington, and it's a, it's a train movie. Uh, and there's a train that's uh, loose, and all these kids are in the train. And I'm watching this real uh, story. I mean, it sounds like a real story. I don't think it really happened, but of these kids about to die. You know, I mean, they're in a train that's... That's uh, that by, because some incompetent train engineer who was anxious and messed up and forgot to turn something on or whatever, and the train got loose and it's going and the, and so Denzel Washington is trying to save the day. And I, I mean it 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 struck me in a way that I got I became anxious. I couldn't sit still watching this movie, so I got up calmly, walked out to the uh, uh, to the um, to the uh, entrance of the movie theater here the in lobby. Brookings. You went and to the said, lobby. Uh, I have to step out for just a minute. I have an emergency that I have to handle. I'm a doctor in town. <laughs> okay. And I went outside, and then I ran around the block twice. <laughs> During <laughs> the movie. Back, perfectly calm, you know, raised my CO2 level, <laughs> walked in uh, and watched the end of the movie. You know, and, of course, Denzel saved the day. Okay. And was, I mean, you was know. Was Joni at the movie with you? Oh, yeah, and she knew what you were doing, I'll bet. Well, I told her when, you know, and I, I just <laughs> admit that everybody gets this. Everybody it's a gets real enjoyed. deal. Everybody has it. Something can trigger it. Sometimes it's a real thing. Sometimes it's, um, I mean, in the emergency room, I seem to be able to handle 
uh, through the years, I've been able to handle real emergencies in a very calm way. And, the w and that's what you do. You just calmly take one problem at a time. You think it through. You refer to things that you need. You call people who need to be there. Uh, you ask for help. You lean on the nursing staff and the and the. Uh, well, uh, the difference in an in an emergency room is you know you can control it. Sitting in a movie theater, you can't no save those kids. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you really it took just it to flew. life, and you couldn't save them. You I've had to get out. I've never had a situation like that in oh a movie. Well, I have to. I've yeah. I've been to horror movies. Just throw me for an absolute. I can't handle them. So I, I just don't, don't go, go to go horror to movies. I never do. They they make me too anxious. I went to one when I was four or five, and it was uh, it was at a time when nobody had air conditioning, and the only air conditioning were the movie theaters. Yes. And my dad had come home, and we'd go to a movie because we were within Hot. we lived in an apartment then, and we could walk uh, to two different or three different movie theaters right in in Chicago. You were that close to all of them, so we went to a movie theater, and my parents probably didn't realize it and thought we were too young to care, but it was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh. That's the last horror movie I've seen. <laughs> I will not go to a horror movie. <laughs> but and it was not a horror movie. Oh, it's, when you're four years, years old, it was frightening as fuck. I cannot. <laughs> my kids just laugh. I will not go to a horror movie. It's yeah. just unreal. That so. is, I have to share another ex experience that's similar to that. It's just like that. Just as silly. It was a Mickey Rooney movie where Mickey Rooney had been in an atom bomb. Oh. And then so whenever he sneezed, you know, there was an explosion, you know. And so it was a joke, you know. He had been, he had been in, he he had inadvertently wandered into a test site. So he was so walking around. These atomic. dummies were all around, you know, in the houses that were going to be destroyed by the atom bomb. And so they did it, and he survived because he was next to a refrigerator. But now he had these powers of whenever he sneezed or you know he, he had, you know it was. Boy, that's it was a movie a I managed to miss. Okay. Why would you worry about that? Except it threw me into the reality that there is an atom bomb that could. Go off. Oh, you're kidding! And, and I couldn't that sleep. You. There were, it was weeks, wow. I couldn't sleep. Well, don't take Rick or me to a horror movie. We will yeah. not go with you. But <laughs> we are going to take a break movie. now. Doesn't matter. It's cure the daylights out of us. We'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're going to get back to medicine real soon. <laughs> All of our horrors and anxiety. Well, we're talking about anxiety. We were talking about it's a real deal. And sure. if people can understand that everybody has it. Uh, or accept the fact that sometimes, uh, occasionally, uh, it will affect. Now, uh, you and everyone. I have found a way to avoid an instance of anxiety by not attending horror movies. Can you suggest that to people who do know that they deal with anxiety? Is there a way to avoid? Sometimes you can't avoid the things you that can't. make you anxious. Okay. And what uh, you know, most psychologists and psychiatrists have suggested is that you gradually expose yourself back to it if it's keeping you from going where you wanted to go. People are afraid to be in a group, agoraphobia. There's a lot of phobias, phobias. Yeah. Uh, our middle son has, um, has uh, um, uh, uh, bird phobia because when he was four, I think Again, this- Again, four. <laughs> this uh, this he is a was, telling time. Yeah, that, at that certain age, four or five, there were a lot of sparrow nests stuck around our uh, house and so uh, I pushed them off the, you know killed the little babies and you know how awful is that you know of course well the parents were not happy and they were swooping you know well it just for your son him. it, it was just overwhelming. changed things for him and 
and when he sees birds, it makes him a little uncomfortable. And if you get into a sparrow swooping scenario, it drives him crazy. What about that movie, The Birds? Yeah, there He's it is. He's going to avoid that movie. I think that's not a movie for No, for he does our, not our need to see son. that. So that, that's, uh, isn't it interesting? We all have those little crazy things, things. that, yeah. that uh, frighten us. And my, my take home on all of them is to realize that that's acceptable, that we all have them. But we, what we need to do is to not let them control us. Absolutely. And certainly when we are, when it's an inappropriate fear uh, uh, to, to be gradually exposed to it and reassured that you're not, you know, you're not going to fall. These people are not going to attack you. The birds are, you know, are, are in more danger than you are. Uh, whatever it is that makes you fearful. Uh, try to overcome try it. Try to avoid, overcome yeah. it. Um, and then the idea about hyperventilation. The very best thing, I think, instead of a bag, is to go for a brisk walk and make the reason uh, for the uh, hyperventilation uh, an appropriate thing because when you're exercising, you need to be uh, breathing heavier. You know, while we were talking, we did have a call come in, and uh, Aaron just came in with the comment, and it's someone who's I'm probably anxious about this topic, and maybe we should bring that up. Sure. The caller would like you to talk about Lewy body dementia. What is it? Now, obviously, if they're asking about it, they must know something about it. Right. You have heard, of course, of Lewy body dementia. Right. Well, it is the the altered memory uh, problem that runs primarily with Parkinson's disease, and it's it's a it is. Um, a kind of a Parkinson dementia that is more emotionally based than Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's people seem to be pretty normal. What they'll do is they'll realize that there will be a subconscious realization they're losing their memory and they don't want to, and therefore they cover up. Well, that we all do a certain amount of that because we can't remember everything. So you don't want to admit to the fact that you don't have this brilliant memory and you don't remember that other person's name. So Hi, how up. are you? You know, who is that, honey? Do you remember <laughs> that guy over in the corner of the room? Uh, and, um, but in Lewy body dementia, people can be um, hyper uh, angry, uh, over angry, over emotional, uh, over upset. Uh, and so uh, instead of uh, a kind of a dulling of, of um, emotional feelings, it uh, enhances the emotional feelings. And so Louis, de- de- Louis body dementia is one of those uh, that's harder to handle. Now, does uh, everyone who is diagnosed with Parkinson's get Louis body? No, oh, no. that's good to know. Because no. you can, I know some people are diagnosed with Parkinson's when they're in their mid-80s, and they just do fine, fine. and they never have the dementia set in at all. Yeah, I mean, it's not that Parkinson's is a great thing to have, but no, I would guess not everyone with we'll, Parkinson's. Will get the Louis body dementia? Okay. Absolutely not. You know, and some people will get Parkinson's disease, and if they stay physically active and moving, that's the treatment. It's a movement disorder, but the treatment, of course, is the most important thing you can do is keep moving. And so of the things that I recommend for people, I recommend, uh, as a doctor friend of mine uh, from Minnesota who came to, to Brookings and I became his doctor, he sought me out. I don't know why he picked me, but he sought me out, and we became great friends. And through the years before he passed away, 
uh, and he passed away from something uh, I think probably not related to dementia or to um, uh, to his uh, Parkinson's, uh, but he was running when he got it. I mean, he was running on a regular basis, three days a week, five miles at a time, and he was still running seven years later. When some people say Parkinson's, you know, aggressively. Uh, changes you. I mean, and it kind of gradually got him to where he had to walk every day instead of run every day. But he uh, was still moving. He was still moving, and he was able to manifest uh, less problems. The other story about Parkinson's disease and movement that is important to remember is the monkey uh, chimpanzee study that they did probably 15 years ago. Uh, there is a drug you can inject that will bring on a Parkinson's-like disease. They found that in California. They, it was an artificial Demerol-like thing. And instead of, uh, and they got high from it apparently, but the side effect of this, uh, this black, uh, blacklisted, you know, uh, a drug. made drug. I mean, it's not a, uh, not a, not a drug that was ever sold. Uh, it was on the black market. Uh, this and they black discovered it would drug, bring on... It brought on Parkinson's-like wow. disease. So they, they had... Uh, that was wonderful news because they could give it to animals. It was an experimental induction of Parkinson's disease, and then they could do what they could do to see what they can do to prevent Parkinson's. And so uh, with the chimpanzees, uh, 100 chimpanzees got the... Uh, I don't know what the numbers are, but let's just say 100 of them got the, the, uh, the drug... Half of the chimpanzees were left on the couch to watch the other half of the chimpanzees do um, an exercise program. And the uh, chimpanzees that were forced to exercise, pushed to exercise, so they exercised um, uh, through that period of time, didn't get Parkinson's disease. The ones that were on the couch watching got Parkinson's disease. And the, 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 the presumption from this study, you know, it's not proven, but right. it's a presumed a thing that exercise prevents whatever toxin it is that brings on whatever it is that brings on Parkinson's disease that toxin um, doesn't seem to be so toxic when you're exercising well that's a good thing to know but if you have Parkinson's even if you've exercised all your life you can get Parkinson's but the nice thing is if you continue exercising the uh, symptoms will be less it m ameliorates the symptoms and it helps you uh, live with it. So I would, I, you know, and, and I know that people who get Parkinson's disease have a hard time moving because that's, it's a movement disorder. Right. So it key, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, trouble in that regard. But I surely do recommend people uh, with that condition to make every effort to, uh, to keep uh, moving. To keep moving. Okay, we're going to take a final break. We'll be back right after these words. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We just have a couple of minutes remaining in a program. We've been talking about dealing with anxiety, and if you'd like to know more about that, you will have some experts joining Dr. Holm tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock on South Dakota Public Television. Be sure to catch it, and they're dealing with anxiety. Uh, we just have a little time left, and we just had a caller who called in and would like to know, Dr. Holm, when will your newest book the one on aging come out. <laughs> it has to be finished before it, it comes has out. Has to be finished, yes. but we have we have. Do you have a date? No, no. I mean, I what I have to do. I would like it to be um, published by, not locally, but by a national publishing company. Mm -hmm. And so I need an agent. So I have a I have picked an agent, and sent her a book proposal that she would send to the publishing 
companies. And uh, she hasn't gotten back to me, and I'm waiting for her call. And so I've gone through a pre-agent who thinks that it's a value and it's a good book and it will be worth it and has it had direct me, directed me into doing a book proposal, and that's what I've uh, done. done. I may have to do another book proposal, <laughs> and we're, but I'm not going to give it up. Uh, the book proposal is the key to get it, getting it published, but you don't finish the book before you put the book proposal in. So I'm, I'm about three-quarters of the way through the book. I'm, I'm on aging, on dementia, on uh, problems of older uh, people, how, uh, and encouraging people to, um, to uh, how to help people who are aging. But enough on that. Well, enough on, on that because we are just playing out of time, but we do hope all of you have enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc. Brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Rick, thank you so much. Thank That's you, Joan. That's all for this week. Thank you, Joan and Bob, and stay healthy out there.